Hello and welcome to episode 11 of Flowering of the Human Spirit, a podcast about Edinburgh without its festivals. I'm Claire Stewart and today I'm going to be talking about why frustration has been growing with Edinburgh's over-tourism issue and what I think the root of the problem is and perhaps the beginning of a proposal of a solution. Uh, Please feel free to weigh in on the issue, use the Anchor FM button, send me a DM, whatever you feel like and I hope you enjoy today's episode and potentially that it will get you fired up, get the creative juices flowing to think about solutions and think about what we can do about this issue. Uh, Once again, I feel obliged to state that I'm not anti-festivals and I am certainly not even close to being the festival's strongest critic and in fact I'm a big lover and supporter of the festivals. Uh, However, I do think there's come a point now where the festivals want to collectively be celebrated for the good things that they bring to the city and also equally remain unaccountable for the some of the issues that are brought to the city with so many visitors so much tourism and a general saturation of the whole city through growth and growth and more growth and I hope you'll, yeah, get in touch. Please let me know what you think. I've been getting some really great messages and emails. I've been loving it. And I've been, it's really been heartening to hear from all the people that appreciate this podcast and the things that I've been saying. And I want to get more voices involved. It's not just the sound of me droning on about what I think. I want to hear from you. And we can do a podcast phone chat on the Anchor FM app as well. It's very good for that. Uh, so yes get in touch but I hope you enjoy the episode and stay dry in today's coming deluges of of rain and thunderstorms there's a thunderstorm coming today on Tuesday the 11th of August Edinburgh and we've all seen the forecasts and the weather warnings about it and uh, in that strange way that the weather sometimes mirrors the mood it seems like there's possibly a storm heading in for the festivals a day of reckoning and not to sound too dramatic but having to face change this really has been on the cards for a while and this year definitely seems to have given that space in proceedings where, yes, we're, we're admitting festivals really perhaps are, are taking over the city slightly too much and that we need to find a balance. Now, there are forces at work in the city. For a start, the council, who are on the whole extremely supportive of the festivals and also of the tourism industry. And then festivals have a lobby of their own where they are continually advocating for their own value, quite rightly, and that they should be given support, investment and 
generally recognised for what they bring to the city and also to the world, the Edinburgh festivals. Tourism equally has a very strong and powerful lobby, which has achieved some visibly remarkable things, such as a development being being uh, planned in, for the Ross Bandstand in Princess Street Gardens, which would ultimately become a commercial space for concerts in what is at the moment a public gardens. Norman Springford, the founder of the Apex Hotels Group, had spearheaded this project and been the chair of its board to bring a concert venue to, to the West Prince Street Gardens. During the coronavirus lockdown in, in May it was, we saw Norman leave the board because <clears throat> the fundraising efforts for the project had fallen short of expectations and the prognosis wasn't good because of coronavirus. The board have been have replaced him with John Campbell QC, who's a who's a leading lawyer in Scotland, and he has been given the difficult task of trying to take this forward. The criticism that the project had received from heritage and community groups has apparently been a factor um, about the scale of the changes planned. And uh, yeah, there would be would have been a corporate hospitality venue for hire as part of their plan. I would like to point out at this point that I am generally supportive of cultural venues that benefit the city being built year round and I don't want I don't want anyone to be able to undermine the criticisms that I make by saying that I am against cultural development in the city or against the festivals. I, I am actually very supportive of, of projects but at the same time I will be critical where I see things that I don't agree with and I didn't agree with the way that that project was going ahead. Unfortunately we've seen a situation now where potentially the benefactor of that project has just, I don't know, had a tantrum and pulled their support from the project altogether uh, because it was getting a bit difficult and because people were criticising it. And I think that that's disappointing and a letdown for the city, but also uh, just shows what happens when you have unaccountable people with a lot of power in cultural projects for the city. It's not good, in short. So the tourism lobby and figures in tourism, I mean, imagine being able to just decide that you're, you're so rich and powerful that you're just going to take this public space and you're going to build a, an, an amazing concert venue in it and you're going to have a say in what happens because you're providing a big chunk of money when you don't like people's uh, views on it or having to compromise or be flexible in any way and accountable to the people who actually live here. You throw the toys out of the pram and walk away. So we, we, we do have a bit of a ridiculous situation and, and I realise I'm obviously paraphrasing and simplifying events and basing them on entirely what's in the public domain, which is all that I can do and these are just my opinions and comments on the situation. We do have a very powerful tourism sector in Edinburgh who are lobbying strongly on a daily basis and the evidence of that is is there in, in the 
press, the press in Edinburgh who report and Scotland reporting, you know, today there's a campaign uh, apparently to encourage the citizens of Edinburgh to fall in love with the city again. Uh, this is clearly a cry for help to try to get us out in the city and spending money and supporting local businesses. Uh, even though we're in a situation right now where we don't really know whether that's advisable or not. I love the festivals and I get to enjoy them on my own doorstep and I've fully embraced them every year that I've lived here and some years before that. I've accepted the disruption that comes into my life because I accept that they're good for me and good for the city good for the businesses, good for our quality of life in many ways and it's an honour to have all these artists come and pour their hearts out in this city. But slowly the list of things that are on the other side of the scales have grown and grown and some have more weight than others. Here's, here's a few. The water pressure is down uh, in my house, it's really noisy and my sleep is interrupted. The Wi-Fi is slow, the 4G is even slower and I can't do my work. I can't get anywhere on time. I've had to spend money on futile taxis to try to get places on time but was held up anyway because they got stuck in traffic like the bus did. All of the places that make living here nice are full of people in queues and I can't enjoy them. The encroachment of poster sites in the city to the point that they are blocking us from being able to safely cross the road and not to mention crowds and silent disco tours and such like forcing us to contend with traffic and step onto the road making the streets unsafe for pedestrians and cyclists. The roads are falling to pieces the building that I live in is full of Airbnbs. One of my friend's landlords has started Airbnbing the empty room in her flat share, two randoms, and all of her housemates are afraid to challenge him in case they are turfed out with nowhere to go. The bins are overflowing, not just the public bins, but the domestic ones that we supposedly pay for with our very expensive council tax. Because no other bins have been provided, so we have to deal with the daily hazard of overflowing bins in our environment, rat problems and polluted pavements, seagulls and people beginning to further disrespect our environment because they see piles of rubbish and ju just chuck theirs in too. I can't think of a more perfect and tangible case, in fact, of the citizens of Edinburgh paying for the tourists, literally, with our money and our quality of life, than the overflowing bins that are an annual nightmare. And by the way, if you're listening to this thinking, what a Victor Meldrew, suburban, middle-class, small-minded, ranting at the council thing to harp on about. I'm guessing you've never lived in a building that has rats. You've never had one run into your kitchen, perhaps while your children are playing on the floor, and you've probably not stepped outside your front door to find piles of discarded, discarded household junk mixed with broken glass and vomit feet away from you and your windows. I feel sorry for the people who have to clear this up, and I hope that they're paid well. But they're not the mess like that is not there all year round. And then the bigger things, like the rents going up, and I don't mean just a little bit. 
reports came out this year that the average rent for a two-bedroom flat in Edinburgh has gone up by 38% from around £700 a month to over £1,100 a month in the last seven years, which is so far above the rate of inflation. Average rent rises have been 5% a year in Edinburgh. Living here was already a stretch in resources for me after moving from Glasgow, where rents are far more reasonable. But when your earnings don't go up and your rent does, well, that's just driving people into poverty. And whilst the property industry grow richer, there's a lot to say about the property industry too, but suffice to say at present that they also have far too much power and influence in this city. A report released this year found that only one in 500 Airbnbs have the correct planning permission. This fact is staggering and shocking. One in 500 Airbnbs having the correct planning permission. It is in Edinburgh citizens' interest to know these things, but let's just say that a report like that probably wouldn't exist if it wasn't for the fact that Airbnbs are stepping on other people's toes as well. Last year, CNN Travel reported Edinburgh as being amongst the world's most uh, worst destinations for over tourism. Uh, that is having too much tourism. In an article that coincided with the report by the World Travel and Tourism Council uh, on global tourism growth, at least someone is waking up and smelling the coffee, where they warned there was a growing need for cities seeing increasing numbers of visitors to balance all the dynamics that make up a city's fabric. That's a quote from them. In its research stated, another quote, tourism has to be good for tourists and residents alike and its growth must be organised and well planned. And it warned of the potential for backlash from citizens if growth wasn't managed properly. And I'm taking some of those quotes from the Scotsman article uh, about it from July last year, uh, where they were quoting the CNN travel article and the report from, from the council, the World Tourism and Travel and Tourism Council. Uh, that's already begun to happen. The backlash, uh, it's been going on for many years now, and it's certainly increasing in uh, intensity and frustration by this point. I think that a lot of the frustration also has to, has to be down to the fact that there's a lot of questions that are going unanswered and there's a real sense of a lack of accountability from anyone. No one being responsible for this problem and nobody being willing to tackle it. And I have to say that also the lack of a, a citizen forum on over tourism or, or on tourism and, and on festivals, because tourism and festivals, as much as they may neither of them wish to admit it, are completely hand in hand when it comes to this problem. You can't claim you're bringing a lot of benefit to the city but not be accountable for also problems. The number of Airbnbs being clamped down on and the institution of a tourist tax are things that have been sort of put forth as solutions for, for the past few years and neither of those have happened yet and neither of those have brought in, been brought in and so, you know, there is a real sense that nothing's been done and just unfettered growth is being allowed to continue 
we're not seeing citizens' voices in this conversation at all. We're seeing the property industry, we're seeing the tourism lobby, we're seeing the festivals lobby, and we're seeing the council, uh, who this year have been struggling uh, in the wake of the COVID-19 crisis to provide basic infrastructure services and I've done a great job and I, I would say in doing that and I do appreciate the council being supportive of festivals I just think again back to that phrase from from another fest from another pod- podcast uh, nobody is, seems to be driving the bus nobody seems to be looking at the whole picture nobody seems to be looking at the overall strategy for the city and it's right if if there's going to be a forum if there's going to be a place where these issues are aired and discussed and put forth and changes are planned i'm afraid my view is that we don't have festivals or tourist bodies involved in that they have to be involved only in the sense of listening because I think that they've done enough talking by this point. You know, we're hearing in the media kinds of things about the strong growth of the property market in Edinburgh, property prices going up and up and up, year on year, growth, growth, growth. We're hearing things about the tourism industry going from strength to strength, better and better, more and more visitors and room occupancies and the other metrics that they use to record success. And uh, we're, you know, and we're hearing from the festivals going from strength to strength and getting bigger and bigger and 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 bringing more and more benefit to the city and 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 increasing their different dimensions of success for, for them their metrics of success that they're meeting citizens just do not have a strong enough voice in this equation the participation of other actors in this conversation has a dampening effect what rosie was saying on podcast number six uh, when she was talking about the edinburgh international festival's response to her email is a perfect example of that when you've got somebody who is powerful and has a lot of power and influence um, participating in a conversation has a dampening effect and uh, you know I don't need to go into the reasons for 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 that at the moment I think they're fairly self-evident ultimately I think that we need we need to think about this mechanism of how citizens are going to have a voice and how that's going to work and how it's going to be effective and that it can't just be for show and it can't just be a talking shop and it needs to have real power and real influence uh, from the outset. So I'd like to open, open that up to everybody to what they think should go on in the city because it's a lot more it's a lot more nuanced and complicated a picture than just people versus tourism or tourists versus citizens or festivals and tourism versus citizens you know the the stories are are so much more complicated than that and and actually a perfect example of that would be what happened in east prince street gardens last year which was 
that a bunch of trees were cut down and people were really angry about it. And I was quite angry about it, but I also recognised that the reason why that, that that happened was because the National Galleries of Scotland had put in an, an ambitious and commendable plan to make the gardens more accessible and put in sloping paths, which they did. That made the National Gallery's uh, adjacent garden much more accessible to people uh, with mobility issues and wheelchair users. It's a, it's a huge boost for, for people to be able to visit that part of the garden that couldn't before. And I really think that's brilliant. It's a brilliant move on their part, but it meant that some trees had to go. And because of a perhaps lack of communication and understanding at the outset, there was just a lot of anger about it and why these trees had been cut down. And then again, later in the year, when we had the Christmas market set up in that place, it was bigger than it had ever been before. And the site of the Christmas market was more extensive, basically, in that part of the gardens than it had ever been before. And people got angry again and again you know we were nobody was ever told there was no accountability to the public to the citizens of Edinburgh as to why that had happened and why that had gone on and I think we all you know have the thing that's stuck in our memories now is just the the commerciality of that and the commercializing of that space it's a much more complicated picture. It's a much more complicated picture than, than just one big baddie and, and, and us citizens, the goodies, trying to fight for, for good. There's, there's a whole lot of misunderstandings and complications that go on, but I think that's just also another justification of why we need, we need more forums and strong, a strong voice in the city. But I would love to hear what people have to say and what they think about the uh, over-tourism issue and what they think about the idea of creating a proper citizen forum with powers that has the support of the council and the support of the government and is allowed to be independent and is allowed to be well run and is allowed to conduct discussions and not have the dampening effect of the various lobbies trying to influence what the people of Edinburgh want. Thank you for listening to Flowering of the Human Spirit. Uh, as a little postscript, I noticed after recording that, and in fact, Brian Ferguson had written in the Edinburgh Evening News today, uh, quoting the Visit Scotland chief exec, Malcolm Roughhead, who were saying that he was saying that the festivals needed to step back and consider their impact on the environment and how to retain their quality without growing in size every year. Just quoting the piece here. And uh, yeah, I think good words from, from Malcolm um, pushing a little bit against the idea that we are not allowed to criticise festivals because they promote tourism, tourism equals good and taking a bit of responsibility there so I'm keen to hear what you think about this as well 
and uh, I welcome welcome those comments from Malcolm. Also, notice uh, further down the piece that there's there's definitely evidence of some language specifically from. In fact, yeah, festivals Edinburgh are quoted in, in the piece too. But um, some of their you know language and the responses um, from Malcolm Rophead. Oh, we you know we're not looking at a diminishment of festivals per se. Well, yeah, of course. We always end up having to say that, don't we? Oh, nobody wants to diminish the festivals. Nobody wants to make the festivals worse or less good or less impactful. Well, no, they don't. But, you know, perhaps inevitably that's what will happen because they're taking place in a real place and uh, that's there's just going to have to be balance and compromises made. Anyway have a have a think about what you would like a citizens forum to look like and get in touch with me i'd love to hear from you and until tomorrow when i'll have another episode for you yes another one uh please take care and have a good day and i'll see you then